someone said to me once, a guy in my program, and it said, it said something on it about working in sport. And he looked at me and he said, no matter how far you get in the sports industry, I will go farther because I'm a man. Like my number one thing in life is like I'm driven by legacy and leaving something tangible on earth. I did that and know that like one day when I pass away, there will be some sort of legacy and tangible thing here that I left my fingerprints on. Hi everyone, uh, my name is David Robinson and welcome to the story of why. A chance to talk to people who have started companies, but more importantly have lived their life along the way learning more about what they want to do uh, and telling that story to others and also sharing their vision about where they want to go and trying to help them get there. I am here with Sarah Marie Doherty on the story of why. Our first day of real recording. Um, you're our fourth guest, I think. Very exciting. Um, and the show was originally designed just to hear people's story and understand uh, what's happened to them along the way and what they've learned and maybe where they want to go. Um, but uh, typically starts with kind of an early s- description of uh, what shaped you when you were younger and, and maybe just a little sort of journey that you'll take us on um, wherever you want to start. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Thank you for having me on the show. It's nice to be back here at Fractal. Um, Journey-wise, always start generally in the childhood. Makes the most sense. Um, I was raised in Barrie, Ontario uh, by my two parents with my brother. There was just the two of us. Um, My brother and I were both very actively involved in our sports. I was a competitive um, power tumbler, competitive cheerleader. My brother raced motocross professionally. We were very involved in our athletic careers. Um, So that very much kept us on the right track. My parents always said things like, if you're in the gym, you can't be getting in any trouble. Because I always knew where we were. Because I was training sometimes like 40 hours a week. So it was a full-time job, power tumbling, which was crazy. Um, So we were very, we were good kids. Like we were... Um, our parents were entrepreneurs, hard workers, always had more than one job. So we always saw what hard work was growing up. Um, we moved to Kingston in 2011. And I always say that like, we were a close family before, but when you move to a city where you don't know anyone, like your family becomes your everything. So me and my brother became like instant best friends. Our family became very close. Um, and we kind of started to create a community for ourselves. So when we got here, um, I won't get into details, but my parents started a competitive cheerleading gym. So they opened a business here called Pulse Athletics, which was a cheer gym we were open for about five years. And the plan was for when I was done university to take over the business and be able to run that full time. So from the time I was in like grade 10 until middle-ish end of university, they ran that business and it taught me a lot like about business and growing up um I would do like all our uniform designs our clothing designs um which I'll get into more later how that kind of touches on everything that I'm doing now um I was power tumbling coach all that different kind of stuff I would book group travel so it was a lot of like early business lessons while I was in high school which was pretty cool because then when I got to university I had a wealth of experience of things to say when I was applying for internships that I've already done those kind of things um So when I went to university, I went to Brock for sport management because I was planning on coming home and running Pulse. And during that time period, my focus kind of shifted away from cheerleading, kind of fell out of love with the aspect of cheer and more in love with the aspect of just sport, 
sport business in general. And I kind of went more of the extreme sports route. And while I was in university, I worked for NASCAR. I worked for IndyCar. Um, I did a number of different really cool internships and traveled with like a company called Peloti, which is like a racing shoe like team. It was, it was very cool. Like I got a lot of cool experiences while I was in university. And then I did an exchange to the University of Florida and um, worked at Walt Disney World for six months, which was an extremely like incredible life-changing experience. And then when I got home, I worked in sports for about two, two, three years in the GTA. Uh, there wasn't many like jobs in the extreme sports industry, which was kind of the direction I was going. So I settled for some things that I didn't necessarily love and it wasn't necessarily the right fit. Um, have you ever heard like the saying or like the picture where you see like a picture of an onion and there's like a orange slice in it and it says just because you fit doesn't mean it's where you belong. Mm -hmm. That's how I felt like for those like three years I was like working in sports insurance. I was working in hockey and like I was good at the job but like it wasn't the place for me. Like it wasn't where I belonged. So I kind of worked in sports for three years and now I'm on a completely different journey which we can de definitely get into. So. so you grew up around a family business that was ambitious or a family kind of culture that instilled um, some values yeah. and also work ethic and uh, exposed yourself to all kinds of amazing things. So when you were you in university, how did you, did, were you doing placements um, to some of the, the spots you worked? So I would do more internships, stuff that would start as volunteer work. I knew being a female in the sports industry, I already had like a crutch that I had to show people that I was better. I had an experience actually in my first year of university where I had like a vision board in my res room and someone said to me once, a guy in my program, and it said, it said something on it about working in sport. And he looked at me and he said, no matter how far you get in the sports industry, I will go farther because I'm a man. Um, I immediately asked him to leave, <laughs> and he dropped out that year. Um, I have no idea what he's doing now, but that's not important. I just, it's like a nice little thing for myself. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, I made sure that every year of university I did something to put on my resume. So I worked for the Niagara Sports Commission um, and did some sports tourism work. I volunteered every year for the Honda Indy Toronto in the summer, and then by the time I was done university, I had, like, a full-time placement with them because I had made the relationships through the four years of school and then I made like contacts with NASCAR uh, NASCAR team and did some work with them it was all very much networking based people I had met while I had done either internships or volunteer opportunities in school hmm. yeah. so I, I got to hear a little bit about this earlier but your ambition was fueled you're un incredibly ambitious <laughs> and you know why what, what, what fuels you um, well I mean you and I have spoken th about this previously but very much legacy like my number one thing in life is like I'm driven by legacy and leaving something tangible on earth just in case I was gone tomorrow it's very mm -hmm. important to me um uh, I had like a stint in university where I thought I wanted to be like a stadium architect and like I shouldn't be allowed to be a stadium like an architect of any kind like I am terrible at math sciences like it should not be allowed but the driving force behind that was to see something that I created tangibly here. Like I wanted to be able to bring people together and like be able to drive past some sort of building and say like, I built that, like I did that and know that like one day when I pass away, there will be some sort of legacy and tangible thing here that I left my fingerprints on. Yeah. I think that 
a lot of the time, not many people put much thought into what drives them. But my opinion, they're often being driven by proving to someone that they're good enough. And that might be an okay thing, but I think if we learn how to maybe face that, that we want to build things. It's fun building stuff. Mm-hmm. Like even building anything that has a positive impact on people yeah. is probably enough to, pr- to push us to say, I'd like to build things that have a positive impact. And you know, we're a part of an exciting movement called B Corp, which is looking at how to measure companies' impact on more than just shareholders, but the, the expression is um, using business as a force for good. And um, that's kind of what I think I'm trying to do. Um, and then looking at the containers that we're held in, like buildings, um, to be able to be an architect and design something that has such a massive effect on people um, is pretty well the most amazing pursuit, I believe. Yeah. <clears throat> but regardless of what we build, um, if it spreads some positive things and, and uh, you know, shirts, hats, whatever it is, building something that spreads positive is probably the only thing we have to really focus on. And um, I think <clears throat> we're at a time now where hopefully good is spreading. I mean, we need to spread good because yeah. there's still a lot of people that feel, you know, dejected, which they are. I mean, the hard part is to build a society where people feel like they have a fair crack. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we're getting into some <laughs> deeper stuff, but I think okay. understanding how to engineer a society that is given a fair crack that then can feel like they have a chance at doing something. Yeah. Um, for, for me, I found just on your note of like, people trying to do things to prove to other people like their worth. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm more trying to prove to me mm-hmm. like why why I'm here. Mm-hmm. Because as I was getting at before the mic creepily <laughs> fell, um, my family experienced some loss when I was mm-hmm. pretty young and it was like pretty severe and significant to our family. And the person who we lost was such a good person. And like it left me thinking like, okay, if I'm still here, like, what am I doing? Like, why was I chosen to be here rather than this incredible woman who could have made this incredible difference? And, like, so for me, it's more about, like, earning my place in this world every single day when I know there's so many extraordinary people who were taken away too soon. hmm hmm Yeah. I think that if some, like, somebody paused, and think about your impact on somebody else. You probably want to feel like you're going to show somebody that same experience yeah. that when you go away, you were a pretty good person mm-hmm. that, ex- that did some cool things. So yeah. it's gotta be a, a healthy pursuit. That, yeah. Um, I think that you know, always paying attention to it and seeing how it's affecting us that looking within to find out if it's, is it, is it pushing me in a place that I shouldn't be going? And, and like, that's just the journey of life. Yeah. But you're pretty young to know that, um, that you want to have a positive impact on the world. And I think, your generation is much more aligned with that. And even what we're doing today is to tell stories about why you're doing what you're doing and what it means to you. So let's talk a little bit about how you move from sport um, to what you're working on right now. Yeah, so um, I am now the owner of a company called Shop Dresser. Uh, I am a clothing company. I never know exactly how to define it, but it's either. it's technically a custom clothing company. I run an online store. Um, I do university apparel was kind of how I started, and I'm now moving into more like seasonal apparel as well and branding for other companies within my network. So it's more than just a clothing line that I have online. I do a number of different heat press designs, different things for people. So 
how it kind of all started was um, I've always had like an interest in design and like I said when my parents owned Pulse I would create these t-shirt designs on Microsoft Word which is crazy. Uh, knowing what I know now, designing shirts on Microsoft Word should not be allowed. Um, and then we would send them off to someone who does screen printing or heat pressing or whatever it was at the time. And they would send us back a quote for these clothing. And I would say like, oh my God, like I know I could do that for cheaper. But I was like 16. I had no idea how to create clothing. It just like wasn't something that I knew. But we would always, we had a family joke that would be like, when I get a heat press one day, which is like a weird thing, but... It was a joke that we always had, and now I have a heat press, so <laughs> manifestation. Um, but so it was something that I always had in the back of my mind that I wanted to do some sort of design clothing company in that way. And it was just last September, so it's just over a year now, I was playing around on like a graphic design system, and my boyfriend goes to Queens, and I decided that I wanted to figure out how to make myself a shirt for homecoming because I didn't really want to wear something that said Queens University because it didn't feel authentic to my experience because I was already like two years out of school I wanted something that said more like I don't go here but like go gales nonetheless so I ended up making myself a sweater that said I kissed a gale and I liked it so it was like very edgy like kind of cute played on like song lyrics and I designed a couple other things after I had I went out and bought myself an inkjet printer, an iron, and like transfer paper, which I do not make my clothing with now, but it was like how it started. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, this is pretty cool. Like, I think I could make some other designs and see if I could sell them. So I made another design that said like Hot Gale Hoko, another one that said post-grad and sad for alumni because I felt that. Um, and I sold 11 shirts and I was like, this is really cool. Like, mm -hmm. I think this could be something. Mm -hmm. And at the time I was working full-time in Toronto and 11 shirts doesn't really take up much time, but it was a cool thing that I was doing after hours. And then... I kind of invested in some more equipment around the Christmas time to see what I could do more of for St. Patrick's Day. And I set myself a goal for St. Patrick's Day of 25 shirts. And I was like, I can sell 25 shirts. Like, I think. If I can sell 11, I can sell 25. And I made some cool, like, queen stuff, QUs with shamrocks. My brother helped me design some of the stuff. It was, it was fun. And I ended up selling something like 67 shirts. And I was like, that's way more than 25. Like, this is cool. There's something here. And then so my intent was to expand to some other universities, leave my job in May of like 2020 was my thought rationale as of like January 2020 that I'll move back to Kingston from Toronto, move in with my boyfriend, try and see if I can pursue this full time in a safe environment. Um, and then the pandemic hit and I got temporarily laid off and I was like, see ya. Like, this is my opportunity. This is my chance to pursue something that I'm really passionate about. And I have now full time hours to do it. So during that time period, I, I moved back to Kingston. I started designing things, started taking the brand more seriously. I expanded to nine schools, like, which is was incredible. Yeah, how'd you get into those schools? How did you get... Um, illegally at first. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I mean, I didn't completely understand trademark laws, um, which, uh, th honestly, that's just what it is. I was mm -hmm. selling some stuff. I knew that, like, I couldn't say Queens University. It just had to be the word Queens. I was like, 
buy stuff for Queens, New York, Queen Face, you know? <laughs> um, a cease and desist or few later. Um, <laughs> I, I have five cease and desists now on record. Um, I am now fully licensed with Queens University, which is incredible. Um, also with McMaster, I'm working with Laurier in a number of different schools to obtain their trademark rights, which is all very new. Last time we spoke in September, I was saying that that was like a pipe dream to like maybe get some licensing rights and see what happens. So yeah, I'm now fully licensed with those schools. So I have new design catalogs coming out in the next month or two, which is really exciting. Um, so yeah, it was just something that on the back of the pandemic and online marketing of people being at home, I was able to build this brand and really like take advantage of my free time. And I hate to say it, but 2020 has been really good to me. Mm -hmm. Like it's been, a, I understand that like everything's kind of been a shit show for mm -hmm. lack of better words, but I really took advantage of the time and opportunity I had to leave Toronto, get out of my lease, stop working in a job that I didn't love or fit in anymore and come home and start something for myself, something that felt right. Mm -hmm. So, wow. Yeah. So I guess I have to ask, um, you're in the design world and the creation around things I think is, um, undeniable. It, designing anything is pretty it's art it's art you, yeah. know, you know building art um we you want to stay in the design uh, no one really knows but where do you want this to go do you want to evolve into a full-fledged design company or what what's the dream honestly i don't know I like don't, i don't as know mine of, either so by yeah the way. I, as of this time last year i had just sold a couple homecoming shirts and mm -hmm. i was seeing how i think today actually is the anniversary of queen's homecoming as of last year so it's been like a year in the workings and i never thought that i would be where i am now this time last year so i'm kind of just being more free with where it could go um i mean i would i have like dreams of owning a coffee shop one day and that's more of like the retirement goals but like oh, i'll take it when i can get it mm -hmm. um and but definitely something in design something tangible even if it could be more like clothing based like i love clothing i love fashion my family is we're very well known for our styles. So mm -hmm. like that's something I would love to go into one day is to go more of the clothing avenue rather than just like the design on a t-shirt. Like, mm -hmm. cause the design is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, I would love to design the clothing that the designs go it's on as when well. You, when you, we're willing to even throw it out there, <clears throat> to articulate it, to say it, that I would love something one day is the beginning of the manifestation that you talked about. Yeah that um, that's what you have to do. You have to be able to say it, yeah. say that I might want it one day. And what I find fascinating about it, when you say it, then you start to see it mm -hmm. because you change your perception and, and you then see, you see it. Mm -hmm. Once you say it, you will see it. And I think that's what we need to do more of is be willing to say it. And then all, and then sharing it, I think, is the other exciting part that I've seen that can accelerate the dream, which is what Fractal's done for me, is by sharing it, then other people hear it and they help make it real. Yeah. Which I think is the powerful part of um, having a network of people that want to help you and want to be involved in it. Um, so, yeah, if that's the case now, it'll be in my mind that I'll see something that if it pops up, I'll send it to you. Mm -hmm. So I think that's probably been the evolution of um, maybe business is that we're more open with it and we want uh, other people to know about it. And then if there was other people that really align with you, you'd probably work with them. Like if For you sure. like them and, and there's a clothing line that's, um, maybe there's a clothing company and they need help and they see you as an, as somebody that can help. So that's yeah. just the exciting part of sharing your dreams Absolutely. is others can be involved in, in helping make them come real. Mm -hmm.
I just started selling beanie hats on my website for like the winter and fall. So that's like the first step towards clothing that's not necessarily heat pressed or like have some sort of design on it. So mm-hmm. step one. The fun part <laughs> is when you start uh, identifying an area that you want to be involved in and then traveling around, like going to Montreal and seeing the fabric world. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, that's one of the things that's become a little bit challenging with COVID, but eventually we'll be allowed to travel again is to make your pastimes um, involved in your dreams. So to yeah. say, I'm going to go to Montreal, but let's go look at a fabric plant. And just to literally plug away at it, pick away at it every day. Because yeah. it almost feels like we're not allowed, it, it's probably not going to happen, right? That's what everyone trains us to do, to think. But if we plug away at it and we say it and, and we um, try, it will probably happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think... Being somewhere here now that the people will hear this is that Sarah Marie wants to be involved in clothing on some level. And somebody hears this that likes her story should reach out to her. So. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Someone said something to me recently just to tie into that as well as the kind of thing I was talking about, about time in life and whatever it may be. Someone said to me in passing once last week, um, whoever made time made a lot of it. And that stuck with me. Mm. And, like, that is something I've not been able to get out of my head. And, like, I know that, like, I have literally all the time in the world of my world to make whatever dreams that I want come to fruition. Like, Mm -hmm. I have all the time that I need Mm -hmm. to achieve everything I want to. Mm -hmm. So. Mm -hmm. So what else can we talk about? Um... We've met here. We met at Fractal. Yes. And um, I actually met you through your brother, who's recording right now. Yes. And um, it was kind of serendipitous. Um, I think I met your mom for... No, I was working at a insurance company, and I'd met this your dad, Terry. And he told me about... I asked him what he was up to, and he yeah. says, well, I'm... I'm heavily involved in my son's motocross racing and I used to drive motorbikes so I was like oh tell me about that and he told me all about this young individual that was doing really well and then um a few years went by and I opened Fractal and I met your mom and your mom told me all about um Kieran and just the I think you were brought up too but the kids are ambitious and I said well they should come in I'd love to meet them and she starts speaking about this young fellow who had been a motocross racer and I'm like I think I heard about this guy two years ago so when I met Kieran um I'd already been sort of courting him for two years just didn't know and I'd never met anyone at such a young age that had so much to say about what that they've done and when I met you, it was the same thing. I'm blown away by how much you guys have achieved in such a short period of time that you have, at a very young age, passion that is um, impressive. And I think if that's what your generation is doing, is waiting less to get what they want, then that's exciting. That's really exciting. And um, I'd love to be involved in trying to help that. And um, we met here... Uh, at a little social gathering and I think that's the part that I want to be involved in is creating more places that people like you can meet others and facilitate the dream that you're trying to create yeah Um, so that's my purpose is just to build places that let people connect and find their their dream Um, because if society is made up of people that are pursuing what they love then there's a good chance people are happy yeah and if they're employing people that um, are also happy. It's just the beginning of rethinking how businesses 
um, are built and um, you're going to be successful. You guys both are going to be successful and you already are. And who gives a shit about success? You're pursuing what you love and you work hard. So it will work. We appreciate that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. The first time I ever came to Fractal was for a happy hour because Fractal has such great, great (laughs) events. Um, COVID safe events. Um, <laughs> anyways, I had heard my brother talking about Fractal for the last couple of years and I was living in Toronto, so it wasn't necessarily on my radar. And then I had moved back here and was working from home. And of course, when you're working from home, it would be very nice to be able to get into a co-working space and have some sort of environment and other people to push you. Um, I'm not making any connections, selling any like branding rights in my living room. Like it's nice to be able to come here, meet other people, network, whatever it may be. And I remember sitting outside and I'd had a couple of drinks, but that's not the point. Um, and you were like giving a speech. You were on the mic and you were like, I could see the passion like in your eyes and in your voice. And I leaned over to my brother and I go, this guy can take all my money. <laughs> I was like, I, he can have it all. Like whatever he wants, take it. Like it just is such like a great environment and has such high energy that every time I come here, I'm like fueled and ready to go again. I remember literally an hour ago, I was like, I have no energy. I don't know how I'm going to do this podcast. But as soon as I walked in here, like the bright lights and the design and the entire like layout and landscape and just the general, general energy of the people, like just like brings up your day Mm -hmm. and I already feel better Mm -hmm. and I have much more energy. Yeah. You know, today's a Monday. (laughs) I know it's a uh, rainy Monday too. And I worked a lot this weekend and thought about having to talk to people all day. Uh, at first was like, Oh no, it's a Monday. And then I got in and we just started rolling and it's been an amazing Monday. So, um, you're the last podcast of the day and I just want to say thanks because you made my Monday even better and I'm excited to work with you on all kinds of fun stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I am too. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming.